Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, we have actual Tennessee Titans news to break down. Another free agent signing for the Titans. So I'm going to explain that all to you guys in our first segment of the day. And then we are going to get into our next installment of the free agent preview series, talking about the defensive side of the football, specifically the interior defensive linemen and the off ball linebackers. So on the defensive side of the ball, I think the Titans really do need to consider bolstering some of the position groups through free agency, not necessarily a high ticket, high price guy, but maybe a value bargain veteran who can just help add to the competition, help add to the group in general. And I think at these two positions, they could be candidates for the Titans, despite how strong they appear to be at this moment in time. So we're going to break down those because free agency is less than a week away. All the fireworks are going to be kicking off with a crazy weekend and a crazy next week. Free agency, the legal tampering period again does start on Monday, March 16th at noon with actual free agency and guys being able to sign and ink those deals on Wednesday, March the 18th. And with the vote for the players union that we discussed yesterday and with the deadline for tagging players being right there at noon on Monday as well, we are going to get a flood of NFL action and NFL news next week. So we got to be prepared. Let's get into the defense today. Let's talk about actual Titans transactions as well. A bunch to get into. We got a lot to talk about. Let's get it. have made two transactions so far this offseason. Both have been agreeing to one-year contract extensions with one, wide receiver Cameron Batson, and two, tight end Anthony Ferkser. It's no coincidence that both of those players were exclusive rights free agents, meaning that their only real option was to sign a one-year deal with the team that held their rights. In this case, obviously, the Titans for both those players. So the third signing that we see from the Tennessee Titans happens to be their third and final exclusive rights free agent and that is edge rusher, outside linebacker, Reggie Gilbert. While Reggie Gilbert dealt with injuries, knee injury when he arrived with the Titans that didn't allow him to get on the field right away, he was able to play in 11 games. During those 11 games, he was only able to produce one sack. However, he was able to rack up 22 tackles, nine assisted tackles, one tackle for loss, and three QB hits while only playing in 27% of the defensive snaps for the Titans. Now, Gilbert also added value on special teams, having played 20% of those snaps. Coming onto the team, missing out of training camp, missing out of the preseason, he was obviously on a quick learning curve. So nice to see Gilbert be able to get out there and contribute whatsoever, even though he was dealing with injuries throughout the season and coming to a new team. It makes sense that the Titans would want to bring him back as he'll be on an incredibly cheap deal being an exclusive rights free agent, and also it's only a one-year contract extension. Now, 
Gilbert may not even play for the Titans next year because he'll be coming in with a very cheap deal, which could be a negative for him and for his sustainability on the roster. It'll be an easy cut to make if things aren't working out, but he'll at least be brought into training camp, given the ability to compete for a spot. One of the worst position groups for the Titans is their edge group at this moment in time, and Gilbert has some potential there. When you factor in that the Titans also traded for Gilbert last season, they gave up what ended up being a sixth round pick in the 2020 draft, you cannot allow somebody who you gave that kind of compensation for to walk a year later when they're an exclusive rights free agent and totally give up their rights. So it makes all the sense in the world that the Titans would bring Gilbert back at this moment in time considering the circumstances behind the edge group and the circumstances behind his actual contract and how he arrived in Tennessee. And Gilbert has played well when he's been on the field. He's never been a full-time starter, but he was able to play in 16 games for the Packers in 2018 with two and a half sacks, 38 tackles, eight QB hits, four tackles for loss. So that's the type of potential that I'm sure John Robinson and the NFL scouting team, the pro scouting team there in the Titans front office saw when they decided to give up what could be a six round pick for Reggie Gilbert. And it turned out to be so. Like I mentioned, that makes Gilbert the third free agent that the Titans have agreed to a deal with this offseason, which leaves them 19 of their own free agents that they have still yet to agree to a deal with, and obviously all 19 of them will not be coming back to the Titans, but that leads us into the next question of when will we start to see some of these free agents re-signed or some of these players on the move, and the issue right now, as we have mentioned throughout the week, and as continues to be an issue for the the entire NFL is most teams are reluctant to give out deals at this moment in time without knowing whether or not they will be operating under the new collective bargaining agreement that the players are set to vote on by Saturday at midnight or whether or not they'll be working under the current collective bargaining agreement that is in place at this moment in time. So while that question is still up in the air, we will see NFL teams very, very hesitant to do anything whatsoever. A couple more pieces of information before we jump into our free agent preview series with the defense, the interior defensive line, and then go to the off-ball linebackers. I do want to let you guys know that the NFL recently announced their compensatory picks. If you don't know, the NFL awards picks every single offseason to teams who lost players in free agency. So essentially what they do is the NFL has a committee that looks at who you lost in free agency, looks at who you signed in free agency, and determines whether or not you deserve some sort of compensation for what you lost in the form of additional draft picks anywhere from the third round to the seventh round. The overall philosophy of that I think is insane. Why are we rewarding teams for letting deciding to let their good players walk and not pay their good players. I don't know why that is the case. I don't understand that entire concept, but it is something that truly benefits the well-run organizations in the NFL. You always see the Ravens, the Patriots, the Packers getting compensatory picks, and it's no surprise that those teams find a way to reload in the draft very often, especially the Ravens and the Packers, who always seem like they're hitting on good players in the draft. So the Titans will get into that compensatory pick mix very shortly, but not this year. They are awarded zero compensatory picks from last year, and it makes sense. A lot of the guys that are leaving the Titans are not studs. They're not fantastic players. They're not even a little bit better than average players because a lot of them 
are left over from draft classes that John Robinson didn't have anything to do with. So right now, we are starting to see some of the players that John Robinson drafted, like Jack Conklin, for instance, becoming free agents. And the reality is that the Titans are going to lose good players in free agency if they continue to draft good players. But the positive side on that is they'll get compensatory picks back for that. So you look at Jack Conklin, Logan Ryan, possibly Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, Tajay Sharp. You know, those guys are probably going to get signed, hopefully with the Titans. But if not, then the Titans will probably get some compensatory picks back next year. It gives them more ammo to move up and down the draft board. So ultimately, for a healthy organization that competes all the time and is in a good spot, you're going to have you know, a big opportunity to get compensatory picks. So hopefully the Titans will be in that mix in the coming years if they continue to draft well. The last piece of information I wanted to leave you with is, guys, literally while I'm recording the podcast, Ian Rappaport from the NFL Network just went on NFL Total Access and gave another update on Ryan Tannehill. Basically saying the world is waiting for the CBA to get agreed upon. They're waiting to see what Tom Brady wants to do. But the Titans remain focused on Ryan Tannehill. We talked about Diana Rossini last episode and talked about how she seems to be a lot more plugged into the Titans coaching staff than the Titans front office. Well, Ian Rappaport has been pretty spot on with the Titans front office view for quite some time. So like I've mentioned, you can't take any of these rumors or reports for gospel because everything is topsy-turvy right now. But these are pretty credible people, at least in certain circumstances, who we have to at least pay attention to what they're saying, even if we take it with a grain of salt. So we are going to jump into our free agent agency preview section of the show talk about the interior defensive line class before we get into the off-ball linebackers if you've been a listener of this podcast i'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with locked on to reach sports fans but you may not know that locked on is a great way for your local business to reach passionate fans just like you Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners, and not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants a way to connect with Titans fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word ADVERTISING to 3377. Or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get a team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. When discussing interior defensive line, the first thing that we have to point out is that run stuffer and versatile threat in the middle, Daquan Jones, will most likely be cut due to salary cap reasons. Right now, Jones has about an $8.3 million cap hit for the upcoming 2020 season. And although I I love Daquan, I think he's fantastic. I've gone out of my way on Twitter to highlight him and his versatility and everything that he does for this team, but 
$8.3 million for a two-down player who's essentially a nose tackle and a run stuffer. You just can't justify that with the current position that the Titans are in. It's it's just not feasible. And I hope, my hope, is that Daquan is able to restructure his contract and stay with the Titans, but he is a candidate to be cut. So if he is cut, then the Titans will have to invest in the draft or invest in the free agent market at a cheaper rate to get somebody who can fill his role. And right now, Austin Johnson is a free agent. Jeffrey Simmons is still young, coming off an injury. Jarrell Casey is only getting older. The interior defensive line is a sneaky issue for this Titans team that I think they have enough talent right now if they're able to bring back Jones with Simmons and Casey that they can withstand it being a major issue. But it's something next offseason that I would imagine they'd be considering attacking early in the draft. And if for some reason the Titans do go interior defensive line early in the draft this year, don't be super surprised as a lot of times front offices look to get ahead of the game rather than waiting until it becomes a need. But let's look at some of the free agents available on the interior defensive line. Some of these guys are straight up run stuffing nose tackles and then other guys are five technique guys which means they play defensive end in a 3-4. Not the most outside guy but in between the nose tackle and the outside linebacker. But guys that play five technique typically Typically, in a 3-4 alignment, will shift down as a defensive tackle in sub-package and passing downs when there's only four defensive linemen. So I'll try to make the distinction for you guys on what their abilities are. There are a ton of names to go through, so I'm just going to go through a, a quick round of interior defensive linemen that the Titans will need to keep their eye on depending on how much they are willing to spend. At the top of that list is DJ Reader from the Houston Texans. He's 26 years old. Now he is a pure nose tackle but did show did show the ability to get it done when rushing the passer as well. He's not a complete liability as an interior pass rusher if you want to put him out there. So while he is generally a run stuffer, he does do a decent job of putting pressure on quarterbacks. He's not even going to be 27 until next year. So at his age and the potential that he's shown for the Texans, he's going to get a pretty good deal. He would be a tremendous help. To the Titans, I've seen some people online really favor him and want the Titans to bring in DJ Reader, but I think he'll be a little too expensive for the Titans' taste at this moment in time. Guys, I could mention Chris Jones from the Chiefs, but he will be franchise tagged by the Chiefs, so kind of pointless to to really spend any time talking about Chris Jones when he will not be hitting the open market. Next, you look at a player like Leonard Williams. Funny story about Leonard Williams, I wanted the Titans to take him instead of Marcus in the 2015 draft, I would say with the playoff win that Marcus gave the team and, and the consistent 9-7 to seasons, probably better off that they went with Marcus, though, at that moment in time. So I will take an L on that, despite what's played out with Marcus these last few years. But Leonard Williams was traded from the Jets to the Giants. He's one of those guys who plays five technique in a 3-4 defense, so he can play defensive end in a run situation, slide down as an interior rusher. 
in a passing situation. Now, he didn't have a sack in 2019, so I know that a lot of people could look at the box score and say, you know, he's not really worth the kind of money that he's probably about to get paid. But at 26 and playing the way that he did last season, despite that number, he was fantastic in the run game, and he can get upfield and penetrate when rushing the passer. So Williams is going to get a, a big deal, and there's a reason that he was such a high pick in 2015. He's a great player who's still only 26 years old. I would love for him to end up on the Titans after I was really high on him during his draft season. But again, as I said with Reader, I think the price tag might be a little too high for the Titans. The next name that I want to mention is Jason Hargrove from the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's 27. Now he is a monster nose tackle. He's just a big, huge guy. Not really going to help you in the pass rush whatsoever, but he's young. Maybe he could improve in that area of the game, but mostly if you're signing Hargrave, you are signing him to plug up the run in the interior of your defense and mostly be a two-down player. Once again, the price tag for that sort of role I think would be a little too high. He might be a little cheaper than Daquan Jones at his current cap figure. This is a guy, Javon Hargrave, I would keep your eye on what he gets paid in free agency as I would imagine if it's less than Daquan Jones, the Titans will try to rework to be around there. The next name I want to mention is Eric Armstead from the Super Bowl appearing San Francisco 49ers, a former first round pick, a former top 10 pick, only 26 years old at this moment in time and he hasn't really lived up to his first round uh, value. He hasn't really lived up to his pick, but late in last season, he started really making an impact. That 49ers defensive line was fantastic, and he was a part of that effort. So I would imagine there's a team out there that still believes in his talent and believes that with him kind of getting things together later in his career, they can continue that track with some good coaching and make him into the player that he was supposed to be. Once again, probably a little too expensive for the Titans, but if for any reason they can get in the bidding there, if if the way things shake out, they're able to use you know, both those tags, the transition tag and the franchise tag, then maybe they can use a little bit more money towards some outside free agents. But that's the kind of guy that the Titans would probably avoid because you drafted someone like Jeffrey Simmons to be in that role. So you can't spend too big right there at this moment in time. The next guy, another pure nose tackle, pure guy who's going to help you in the run game, Michael Pierce from the Baltimore Ravens. Now, he's dealing with a little bit of injury, but he is a good player. So you would hope to see him bounce back. Somebody like Michael Brockers, who's 29 years old, he is getting into, he might not get paid as much as the guys I've mentioned before him. He is a run stuffer, sometimes can get to the quarterback. He's not a complete liability there, but he's going to turn 30 this season, so the Titans may be able to get a good value on someone like Brockers who can help them against the run and still help situationally in the pass rush. A 27-year-old guy from the Seattle Seahawks who started out his career slow but turned into a a pretty big surprise last year is Quentin Jefferson. Now, he has the ability to help a little bit more when rushing the passer. He's a pretty good penetrator, putting pressure on the quarterback. I mean, he's no Chris Jones or Aaron Donald, of course, but does give you versatility to do both. And Daquan Jones was asked to do that a lot late in the season last year when Jarrell Casey was being moved out 
towards the edge. Hopefully the Titans don't have those issues with the edge rushers this season so they can keep Jarrell Casey attacking from the interior where he's best. But if they think it's a possibility that they're unable to do that, if they can't get a great edge in free agency, if there aren't any good edge rushers they're able to get their hands on based on where they're at, in the draft, then you may need to use Jarrell Casey as an edge rusher a little bit more, which puts a little bit more importance on having two good interior rushers. Jeffrey Simmons should improve in that area in his second season in the NFL, but they may look for an outside source to help them with that as well. Next, Ndamukong Sue. We all know about Sue. He's dropped off as an interior pass rusher. He's not the guy who he used to be, but he's still fantastic in run defense. Had a good season with the Buccaneers. He is 33 years old, but the Titans were in the running for Sue in previous offseasons, and now that his price has come down, he may be a good veteran addition if they do go ahead and cut Daquan Jones. Some other guys who are considered, they they have the potential to be a 4-3 defensive end, but have been used as a 3-4 interior defensive end before. You look at Derek Wolf from the Broncos, Carl Nassib from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Adrian Claiborne from the Atlanta Falcons. All those guys give you much more potential as a pass rusher than the previous kind of interior nose tackle, defensive tackles that we've mentioned before. They don't give you as much in the run game, while Nassib is a pretty good run defender there. But if the Titans are looking to maybe get a little bit more pass rush from their interior defensive linemen, then those are three names that they could pay attention to as well. But that's going to wrap up the interior defensive line portion. I mean, I could keep going with plenty of names that seem in intriguing. You know, Timmy Jernigan from the Eagles, Andrew Billings from the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, Shelby Harris from the Denver Broncos. There are a couple of guys from the Lions, Snacks Harrison, who's just a dominant nose tackle, but you know, he can only really play on two downs. He's been through injuries. Mike Daniels from the Lions, who's dealt with a lot of injuries here recently as well, and is 31 years old. Ashawn Robinson coming from Alabama, you know, a, a run-stuffing defensive tackle from the Lions. So the Titans have a ton of different options, and there are too many names to possibly get to all of them in our episode today. But those are the interior defensive linemen that I think we should be focusing on the most, and those are the most talented guys, but there are also some bargains and some values in there as well that if the Titans do decide to walk away from Daquan Daquan Jones, they will have to be taken a look at because that position will have to be filled as Daquan played a pretty important role for the Titans this year, but again, not important enough to pay $8.3 million next season. Let's talk off the ball linebacker. I can't even lie to you guys on this one. I don't see any circumstance whatsoever where the Titans go after any of the decent names on the off the ball linebacker market. Quite frankly, that is the best position grouping that the Titans have. Rashawn Evans, Jayon Brown, and David Long are all fan fantastic players. Long, obviously, is a younger player, but look at the potential that he showed last year, getting all that run in the playoffs and making the huge play against Kansas City in the regular season with the strip, the value that he adds on special teams. David Long is a fantastic player to go along with Jayon Brown and Rashawn Evans, so the Titans are not going to target an off-the-ball linebacker with a lot of money 
in free agency. As we make fun of our guy, Christopher Knox at Bleacher Report every week on Mock Draft Monday, they are not going to devote a high round pick to the off-ball linebacker position. Quite frankly, it's just not needed. But we are doing our free agent preview series, and we can't just leave out an entire position just because the Titans don't need it because at the end of the day, the Titans are losing Wesley Woodyard, and they could lose Darren Bates, who are both free agents. So they're going to need some more off-the-ball linebackers, inside linebackers. So they're going to look most likely in the draft, I would imagine. John Robinson's done a great job of hitting on inside linebackers, so why would you ever go outside of that? But if they go the route that they took when they brought in Darren Bates, just wanting a special teamer, uh, a good guy in the locker room, and Darren Bates added a lot of dog to the locker room, and I really hope that they just bring Darren Bates back. That's ultimately what I'm hoping to see, but the Titans are cap-strapped, so who knows? who they're going to be able to bring back at this moment in time. So let's just look at a few of the -the off-the-ball linebackers that are at the top of the market real quick before we move into tomorrow's episode about edge rushers, which obviously everyone's going to be super tuned into that because the Titans need edge rushers. So let's fly through these names really fast. Not going to spend a bunch of time breaking down each of the guys. Just give you a a quick moment here. Corey Littleton from the Rams has turned into one of the better off-the-ball linebackers in the NFL. He's fantastic in pass coverage, so he'll get a pretty decent payday. Same thing with Joe Schobert from the Cleveland Browns. He's great in pass coverage. One of the faster, more agile linebackers that we see in the NFL. Blake Martinez, from the Packers. He's kind of the opposite. Does not excel in pass coverage. Doesn't do a great job covering tight ends and running backs, but he racks up tackles. He's been one of the leaders in tackles in the NFL for the last three seasons. Martinez is a tackling machine on the inside. Nick Kwiatkowski from the Chicago Bears, a little-known guy, probably because his name is difficult to pronounce, but he took over for Danny Trevathan at times in the middle of Chicago's defense last season. He was pretty good in pass coverage. He held up in the run game, and his name's getting a lot of buzz as kind of an underrated prospect on the free agency market. Danny Trevathan, the guy who he took over for and replaced during injuries, Trevathan's in his 30s. He's been a veteran in the NFL for a long time, and he can impact a team with his leadership, his ability to call the defense and things like that, but the Titans aren't really looking for that, but Trevathan could be within the division or a, you know an AFC rival as well. Christian Kirksey is from the Cleveland Browns. He was just released by the Browns, but he's you know pretty solid in pass coverage. He's not a premier linebacker, but he can help a team in sub-package. Kevin Pierre-Lewis, also coming from the Chicago Bears. He's only 28 years old, so he has Still potential that you could tap into if you're an NFL coaching staff and you look at a guy like that who played behind someone like Kwiatkowski and Danny Trevathan. Now you ask yourself why he's playing behind those guys, but the Bears had a very talented defense, a lot of talent on that defense, so it makes sense that maybe some of their role players and some of their backups could assume a starting role going forward. A really young guy with a lot of potential is Hassan Riddick, a former first-round pick for the Arizona Cardinals. He's only 25, but he's been an incredible disappointment, was not good last season, was kind of viewed as a modern linebacker, a lot of athleticism coming out of Temple, could rush off the edge, could play off-ball linebacker. He really hasn't been good either, quite frankly, but being 25 years old and being the highly touted prospect that he was, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody gives him a chance and brings him in and gives him a chance to start. Somebody like Nick Vigil 
from the Cincinnati Bengals is an underrated prospect. He's a great blitzer, really good in run support, is, I would say, solid at covering in the past game. He's not one of the best linebackers in the league, but he is a very solid player, so therefore he'll get an opportunity to start in the NFL. Uh, Nigel Bradham from the Eagles was cut due to cap reasons. He's 30 years old. He is okay in pass coverage, but he's not very good in run support, misses a lot of tackles. He's going to turn 31 before the season starts, so he's one of those guys who's declining in play and and. Probably like a Wesley Woodyard type, even though Wesley Woodyard played a lot better than Bradham has late into his career, but he'll probably get picked up by a team and and give a chance to come into a young room and have a chance to start. Now, that won't be what the Titans do to the talent that they have, but... But it's someone we need to keep our eye on if his price tag drops low enough. Maybe a good addition for the Titans as the fourth inside linebacker. Alec Ogletree for the New York Giants is still only 28 years old. Came from the Rams. Signed a huge deal recently. Five years, $42 million. Was nowhere near worth that money and the Giants have decided to part ways. Vontez Burfick for the Raiders. Everybody knows about Burfick who was suspended for the whole of last season. So I don't think that's the type of guy that the Titans will be bringing in. Sean Lee from the Cowboys, 34. So many injuries. It's it's hard to expect him to be a starter, but he could be a decent backup for a team at this moment in time. So like I mentioned with the interior defensive line at the end of that segment, there are a ton of names to go through. I mean, there are endless free agents here. But the Titans aren't really going to pay much attention to the inside linebacker, off-ball linebacker position in free agency. Probably just look for special teams help. And like I said, hopefully they just bring back Darren Bates. So that is going to wrap up our free agency preview series for the interior defensive line and the off-ball linebackers. Like I mentioned, tomorrow is about the edge rushers. If there's some big Titans news, things that we have to cover, we will do that at the beginning of the show. But we are going to spend the day talking about edge rusher, devote both our segments, maybe all three segments, to the edge rush group as right now that is the biggest need for the Tennessee Titans. Since that is the end of this edition of the Locked On Titans, now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Draft Dudes. It's a great podcast offered by the Locked On Podcast Network, so make sure you guys check that out. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked On Titans.